Namaste all. I welcome you all to the 59th session of Guru Bodha. I extend a warm welcome to Dr. M.B. Puraja sir. I also welcome Dr. Raghuram sir to this session. I dedicate this and all of my works at the holy feet of Dr. H. Chandrasekhar Udupa. And this class is made live available only for exclusively for Easy Ayurveda weekly class subscribers. If you want to sign up, please go to easyayurveda.com slash video dash classes. So this link and link to consult Dr. Guraja, etc. are available in the YouTube, in the video description. So coming to uh, the topic of the day is three main liquids which are widely used in a variety of skin diseases. Have some amount of Rakta Shodhana or blood detoxification effect as well uh, with, with all these things. Uh, first one is Khadirarishta, Mahamanjistadi Kashayam, and then there is this Sariwad Yasava. So all are very useful in uh, treating a variety of skin diseases. So question to Guruja sir is that clinically, which one to choose when? Yes, typically these three are indicated in skin conditions, but we need to understand based on the ingredients present in that, Khadirarishta is more suitable for Kapha Pradhana, skin diseases are there. Kapha Pradhana skin diseases. Like if there is any oozing associated with severe itching, palpable mask-like skin structures if it is, of a, I mean, at the time of examination, if you could get it. So in those type of conditions like lichen planus or something like that. So Charmakusta, what we call. So such type of conditions, it is Kadrarista is the drug of choice, the first one. Second thing, Sarivadhyasava, this is typically where Pitta dominant um, skin conditions are there, where there is a burning sensation, where there is a paka or something wound, ulceration and there is a oozing associated with that. So in that type of condition, the better choice would be Sarivadhyasava to bring the cool uh, coolness or reduce the Pitta or without the, the Pitta to be uh, reduced for that purpose. Then there is another one combination like Mahamanjistadi Kashaya, it is exclusively containing more number of ingredients and this is more suitable for wide range of population because when it comes to Sarivadhyasava or Kadirarista, at least below the age of 8, we don't recommend, at least below the age of 8, we don't recommend for those things. But many times we find a lot of patients of that young kids and these type of thing with uh, atopic dermatitis or eczema. So in those conditions, Definitely, it will be Mahamanjushadi Kashaya would be a better option. And of course, we have got another one drug, Gugulitita Kashaya, one more versatile one. Mahamanjushadi Kashaya is once again used or picked in all those conditions where Pitta is dominant associated with Kapha. So, where there is a Pitta-Kapha combination leading to skin diseases, where in those conditions, Mahamanjushadi Kashaya is useful. And of course, it will be useful for every people, including the diabetics, because it is a kashaya, it doesn't contain any um, sugar in it. So, and it is suitable for even the young child, children. It is the most widely used material, Mahamanjisha Kashaya. And of course, Mahamanjisha Kashaya, such type of things, usually where there is a like diabetic carbuncle or pedakas or something like that. Such type of conditions are even a pedaka or even to kaksha to some extent. So, such type of condition, Mahamanjisha Kashaya also useful. But if it is a younger, elder population, then definitely along with this combination are we have got many other wide ranges of uh, medications like Mahatikta Kashaya is also there, Aragvadadi Kashaya is there, there are plenty of combinations are available. But when we take, uh, consider only these three for the time being, then Kadirarishta should be selected where there is a severe itching, Kadirarishta should be selected where there is a Kapha predominancy, Kadirarishta should be taken where there is some palpability of skin conditions are there, oozing associated with that. Such conditions, kapha dominant one, associated with kapha it may be something, but kapha is dominant. Such conditions, kadirarista is the best. Then comes wherever there is a pitta dominant and there is a irritation or associated with burning sensation or ulceration, oozing, then paka, that is the tissue being getting melted out. So such type of condition, better is sarivadhyasava. But in a patient who is a diabetic or a very young one, then the best drug would be, I mean, yoga would be Mahamanjishadi Kashaya. And if, you know, there are 
many varieties of diseases and, 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 and ayurvedic doctor may or may not at least in this initial days of practice may or may not be able to appropriately identify the skin disease in those conditions based on the symptoms presented they can be categorized as you know vata pradhana kusta or pitta dominant skin disease etc and line of treatment can be drawn with just the dosha analysis and the symptoms presented sir that is the best method and the best way to do it when we are unable to identify the disease by its name or maybe we can't give a name to that disease rajari charakras very clear concept is there identify the doshas involved and accordingly treat them that is the best method even in kusta also we find lot of things are there that's what even ajar charakas very clearly said there are only 18 varieties of kustas are mentioned only for the sake of mentioning but there are many number of kustas there are n number of kusta has been declared any skin condition may be falls under the category of kusta and definitely we need to understand whether there is a kapha dominancy then definitely there will be excessive itching will be there and if there is a pitta dominancy then there will be burning sensation pidakas and oozing will be there and if it is vata dominance there will be lot of dryness associated with itching so we need to understand these things whenever there is a itching and a dryness it is a found vata where there is a oozing and uh, itching then it is kapha dominant like eczema there may be severe ulceration is also there or tissue damage is also there along with that oozing is there but severe itching is also there or eczematous conditions or weeping eczema we can say in those condition it is predominantly kapha and pitta whereas a dry type of eczema is there or there is it is simply itching like atopic dermatitis comparatively it is only itching and somewhat redness and of course there will be dryness and flaky things or ichthyosis the scaling is the peeling is of there so such type of condition it is predominantly vata as well as um, kapha so in those conditions typically we need to select those drugs accordingly so wherever there is excessive itching first choice would be kadiraristha followed by mahamanjishtadi kashaya and the last choice is sarivadya so among these three where there is a paaka or where there is a pidaka and all those things then the first choice would be mahamanjishtadi kashaya second would be sarivadya sava and third would be kadiraristha and wherever there is a burning sensation the first choice will be sarivadya sava and rest will be follow yeah so the point you made dr heba like guruji uh, sir also explained dosha uh, dominance analysis you have typed, typed it there i think if our ayurveda students are taught in the initial condition of their clinical practice when they are in the internship to do this much i think it will be uh, quite enough at least they should be able to identify the dosha involved in not only kushta any disease we take and dosha predominance uh, and treat accordingly so according to the predominance of the dosha most often than not they will be getting uh, good results so that is a, a valid point so teachers should be focusing uh, towards at least training them initially the first step of identification of diseases dosha involvement and the treatment and the herbal combinations are the herbs which are very very useful uh, for particular doshas or uh, individual doshas or combination of uh, doshas so i think uh, that is a valid point there so coming to this three wonderful formulations kadirarishta mahamanjishta and also sarivadya sava so i would like to touch it from a different perspective so like uh, we will go through the palashruti also uh, when we go through the palashruti of uh, kadirarishta we can see uh, it is uh, the best medicine in mahakushtas and also rudroga pandu uh, arbuda gulma granthi krimi kasa shwasa so many conditions so very sarvakushta nivarana is the tricky word there used at the end so if anything doesn't come to your head so while prescri- prescribing for uh, uh, the kustas or the skin disorders uh, start with uh, uh, kadirarishta so our ayurvedic students are very familiar with kadirarishta it's not anything else suddenly if skin conditions come so first thing they are going to write is kadirarishta without even looking at the dosha so initially uh, there will be a response because when we see the spectrum there it is connected to so many disorders sarva kushta nivarana is written no doubt about that you can see so many uh, spectra of uh, diseases there mahakushta kushta itself being a rasa raktavah srota dushti uh, disorder and rudroga is there again rasavah srota uh, disorder uh, we have pandu we have again rasavah srota uh, disorder so gulma again uh, think through these things there is krimi so krimi along with kushta ideal combination so immediately the infected uh, skin diseases krimi is there mahakushta is there if we can correlate if we can build up a spectrum so if we can uh, draw a line between these conditions and see so most of the answers so our formulations will be 
So we can keep keep them ready as one formulation where we can where I can use in five six different conditions. So that is also an easy uh, way of practice. So see here, uh, there is creamy. So there is kusta. So wherever there is creamy manifestation and kusta manifestation, instead of giving two uh, different formulations, we can we can go with kadira rista. So simple common sense tells that. So then coming with uh, the skin diseases caused due to circulatory disturbances, hudroga is there uh, due to circulatory disturbances. Pandu is there anemia. So we know that if there is pandu. that itself leads to a broad spectrum of diseases which also includes kusta uh, so because pandu leads to loss of immunity and loss of immunity leads to many types of uh, skin disorders so in the in such conditions we can give uh, linking the things so uh, what i am telling so one common conditions associated with skin disorders will be the bronchitis and also the asthma so what i have seen uh, uh, in the practice those people my father uh, himself was a patient of uh, asthmatic bronchitis and he had severe eczema and skin conditions so here we have two conditions kasa swasa sarva kushta nivarana <coughs> and in such conditions where kushta is associated with swasa and swasa is associated with kushta kadirarishta becomes an ideal choice again and we need also need to see with uh, uh, see these things so uh, what is the indication so for the best of the results so here in uh, the shloka i think it has been indicated to be given with pipali pipali churna and gugulu so if we can combine these things i think it will be become a wonderful uh, combination so moving on to the next formulation so that is uh, mahamanjishta the kashayam again looking at from the perspective of uh, uh, palashruti so here also uh, astadash kushta almost all the kushtas it is astadashastu kushteshu ंडीशनोटेजल formulations for vatarakta and kushta are interchangeable so we will find uh, so these two are the bridge conditions so like uh, medicines common to vatarakta and kushta can be used and the palashruti itself tells astadash astadashastu kushteshu vatarakta ardite tata what do we need so mahamanjishta best medicine in astadasha kushta so kadirarishta was in mahakushta at least seven types filtered out here all types of kushta again in kadirarishta there was a trick at last uh, acharya tells in sarvakushtas it can be used specifically in mahakushta again vishesasthanta comes there so here uh, we can see a wide range of uh, other conditions like upadamsha shlipada pakshagata we can see very importantly uh, we can see prasutti and pakshagata so mainly the vata related uh, uh, conditions also medoroga so the opposite conditions medar related conditions upadamsha and also shlipada we have so netra roga is a broad spectrum this is a medicine used in different conditions so it depends on Uh, how we diagnose and where we go it, and whether this is uh, itself the medicine of choice. So as I said, kusta and vatrakta being the overlap conditions. So my medicine of choice will be uh, mahamanjistadi. So in these two conditions, uh, kusta and vatrakta. So when there is a bridge between these two conditions, like one condition we can take, there is psoriatic arthritis. Psoriatic arthritis. Arthritis goes on the lines of vatrakta. Psoriasis is going on the lines of kusta. So there is an overlap of these conditions. there are many conditions of psoriatic arthritis where there is no skin lesions at all there are only there is only pain so we can think about uh, mahamanjishtadi uh, kashayam in this particular context so we can also see that it is also a nerve tonic seeing that it is uh, uh, useful in prasutti and uh, pakshagata conditions so that uh, also uh, improves the micro circulation to the central nervous system and also to the nerves uh, so that is one thing uh, i feel which acts uh, in the blood brain barrier so like uh, it it can reach the brain and also the central nervous system and also the nerves and it can also be a nerve tonic so by the indications going by the indications strictly so pakshagata again when we see when we go to the sampraapti we can see the involvement of sira and snayu there and sira and snayu are definitely related to rakta and mamsa so when we consider all these things again uh, we can see how mahamanjishtadi can be useful in pakshagata so from the sampraapti perspective also so it is useful in bad liquids uh, mainly so when i get uh, conditions of uh, hypercholesterolemia or uh, triglycerides when they are high so i will definitely look at mahamanjishtadi kashayam so medavruta vata medavruta vata in such conditions also we can give so here uh, uh, high cholesterol so we know circulating fats so here uh, we can see medo medo doshe medo doshe there is medo dosha there is circulating meda so it may be considered as abadda medas also in prameha it, this can this can be given 
when we are seeing medo dosha we know when there is fat accumulation or circulating fats they can do a lot of damage in the system they can accumulate they can block vata and cause conditions like pakshagata and other things stroke and other conditions so seeing those conditions uh, my uh, prescription will be also in these conditions okay in couple of conditions where uh, the medicines for prameha were not working so i have even tried mahamanjushta the kashayam where uh, skin conditions and also the uh, joint conditions and also the muscular conditions were present uh, in prameha mahamanjushta was my choice and i found uh, uh, good results so coming to the final one sarivadhyasava so here we can see a lot of conditions like excessive sweating is there burning sensation allergies so mainly in allergies most of the conditions i think uh, gurujas sir has touched upon from the palashruti again vimshati meha a big shot to vimshati meha all types of uh, pramehas so we can give uh, sarivadhyasava again uh, briefly touching upon the skin disorders the carbuncles as gurujas sir already mentioned complications of diabetes so all types of eruptions and uh, upadamsha bagandara is there vatrakta is also mentioned here so we can see uh, and naatra samshaya catch a catch hold of that particular word naatra samshaya so the author doesn't have any doubt of using this particular medication in vimshati prameha or uh, any conditions which have been uh, mentioned so therein so finally i would tell so when we are speaking about manjushta and sariva they have been always an effective condition right from the uh, time of our ishwari sir so we have seen uh sariva and manjushta combinations were given for where, wherever there is uh, the need of varnya so like uh, varna vikrutis so color uh, related vikrutis so in such conditions also the combination of sariva and manjushta either individually or in combination can be used so from a clinician's perspective and from the palashruti perspectives i think uh, uh, we can try to build up a spectrum where we can uh, describe these medicines in uh, more than one conditions so if we can draw those lines i think this will be very very useful formulations and by practice also they are really good formulations see when uh, whenever we see uh, falashruti in our text there is a very typically uh, two important aspect we need to understand just like how acharyas have mentioned about the various sthanas of vata while explaining everything akvashya kati shakti sotrasti spashanendriya everything he went on and last it said pakvadana visheshatah so there will be two things in any of falashruti of any of these yogas are also that we need to observe that what is the first indication acharya has mentioned that is usually the primary and the dominant uh, first indication would be the best indication then ultimately at the end if the, the acharyas have given so many indications then once again they emphasize it on which is the category or the area or the disease which is very best this particular yoga is just so in kadrarishta they said mahakushta everything at the end once again he said sarva kushtani similarly for all these yogas whenever we try to understand the falashruti or we try to analyze the falashruti where it can be given that needs to be taken care of what is the first indication said by acharya that is the best indication and of course at the end of the shloka if acharya has emphasized on anything as an important thing a repetition that needs to be taken care of that will give us a very clear idea of where to use the drug yes sir. and uh, to add uh, a bit more of my point also into it if you take for example mahamanjush kadira rista out of all the ingredients kadira and devdaru are the main ingredients which are added in like 2.4 kg of each uh, then there is bakuchi and other things even in the naming of the medicines also there's a reason why you know for example in kadira rista there's a reason why they have named it as kadira rista and not as devdaru rista though both are there so Probably initial few ingredients also indicate where the medicines act best, sir. So it's not like that. Many times, I mean, many of the yogas, uh, some drug may be comparatively better one, but we are uh, while naming the drug uh, always like uh, somebody should be made captain of the team. So something like that. The first one will be given the priority based on that naming will be done. So that's the reason. Even though Kadira and uh, Devadaru are equal proportion in that. kadira takes the lead in uh, manifestation of its functions so that's why kadira rishta have been, been named after the kadira similarly sarivadya sabars are based on the sariva the name has been kept moving on to the next question we have many therapies which involve 
oil uh, and starting from abhyanga to shirodhara to you know, dipping the organ uh, in the afflicted organ in the oil, many many varieties of oil called as avagaha then we have katibasti janubasti etc so the question is about food and drinks gap uh, gap for food and drinks before and after uh, any type of bias or external oleation therapy such as okay so first i'll take up that uh, this one bahya snehana procedures like how much is the time gap okay so here so bahya snehana bahya snehana vidhi is there so bahya and abhyantra snehana vidhi are two types where uh, external and internal administration sometimes it is a comprehensive uh, package like external and internal both are mixed together so yeah, in the form of therapies so as we go, go with the uh, vamana virachana pre procedures like we also give snehapana for internal consumption and also we do the external uh, therapies so sometimes external therapies with snehana will be beneficial sometimes uh, internal will be beneficial as indicated sometimes a comprehensive package needs to be looked at but when we are speaking about bahya snehana in this uh, in this context the katibasti janubasti all those things are uh, the terms derived by us according to where exactly we are trying to pull uh, the oil or the lubricant or the sneha according to that we have termed that we don't have classical references of katibasti uh, janubasti and all those things so there are the bahya sneha prakriyas where we have uh, learned to pull oil in the most painful or most bothersome part of the body and uh, give the snehana so when we come to that so they are they are all the uh, what we can call it as uh, cousins of snehana and also the abhyanga patterns so uh, even after pulling we go with the light abhyanga abhyanga macharet nityam so as as already our acharyas have said abhyanga macharet nityam so that uh, a principle can be taken to most of the conditions where bahya snehana that itself indicates that bahya snehana can be done on a daily basis it is a part of dinacharya application of oil or the lubricant on a part of the body or the whole body so it is uh, we have discussed in the previous classes also so this is uh, a part of dinacharya that clearly means to the entire body the sneha can be applied on a daily basis having said that we don't have such practices uh, too many practices to come across where person is undergoing uh, nitya snehana so that is uh, external snehana so coming to uh, so we shall offer the same principles to katibasti janubasti abhyanga and all those things abhyanga can be done daily katibasti and janubasti are this is specific when there is specific indications of these things or when the person is prone prone to develop so like the person uh, might have slight discomfort in the low back or in the uh, knee and the person may uh, feel that i may develop uh, some arthritis or some degeneration in a very near future so in such conditions as preventive measures we can do it so once the disease has set in as curative measures we can do it so both measures we can do it and coming to this uh, uh, time gap so it again depends on the acuteness and also the chronicity of the condition and for how long uh, you need to apply so my answer to this is apply them as long as uh, the relief is not found once the relief is found you can keep it on a a uh, frequent basis like like keep giving gaps and allow the person to be relaxed and uh, go on with your uh, day to day activities and whenever uh, you find time you just focus on the most so once the pain sets in once the problem sets in it has left its footprints in that particular region of the body so we need to uh, it keeps on constantly reminding us that this is your weaker part of the body so what we need to do is constantly give snehana snehana again translates to friendship sneha friendship so a closeness there is no harm in uh, pampering our body with the sneha prakriyas so katibasti and janubasti according to me may be given till the symptoms subside because they are specifically indicated or well in control once the things are in control you can give gaps and keep intermittent repetition or when the patient is absolutely fine you can discontinue and keep a prolonged uh, a gap between those two conditions so for those who are prone again as i said condition number 3 for those who are prone to these diseases Yes, go ahead. So until the symptoms ease up, or when until the person feels uh, uh, satisfied with the symptoms, we can go ahead. So to and when there is frequent recurrences, that is another condition. Frequent recurrences, if it is there, again with some gaps, we need to yeah. So after all these things, very important is the discipline of life, the activities of life. When we uh, when we are applying snehana and giving abhyanga and doing katibasti, janubasti, and everything. immediately after katibasti and janubasti the person is going and uh, driving his two wheeler for 
10 to 12 kilometers as in bangalore on the humps of the road so this is not going to work but that person cannot avoid that also so while taking the therapies and also while doing the activities how to manage the lifestyle so how to be very cautious if not carry enough about that particular disorder or the problem they are having at least have some consciousness consciously try to manage your joints and also the soft tissues and uh, of your body so be very careful about that and when we are applying this uh, sneha vidhis in the old age so in the uh, old age so towards where vata becomes predominant there also very regularly it can be applied so whenever the problems are due to strenuous activities or jobs demanding stress on the joints there are some jobs from profession like a teacher may be standing from day to evening so maybe if they are having continuous classes a conductor in the bus may be continuously standing so here there is a wear and tear continuous wear and tear and the jobs are demanding stress on the joints in such conditions also weekly once so if the person is in the middle age or in the early age weekly once taking an abhyanga at home application of oil pampering the joints these are very much necessary we need to uh, look at the profession of uh, the person also and then uh, a very important is nidana parivarjana very important is nidana parivarjana if the person is uh, staying on the third or the fourth floor and climbing the steps very regularly so that may wear and tear with the knee joint especially if they are having a knee arthritis and especially osteoarthritis which is a degenerative uh, variety so coming to the hospital coming down the steps coming to the hospital and getting a massage getting a janubasti done getting a basti done going back and climbing those 25 30 steps again exercise is important but here there is an active degeneration if the person is very stubborn of using the indian system of toilet you can encourage them to use the western commodes so that the wear and tear will be less so lifestyle training lifestyle principles everything uh, so many factors need to be seen if we are speaking about the time gap between the sneha prakriyas what we are giving so you can space them at larger times if uh, proper foods lifestyle activities and also the postures stress and strain on the weight bearing joints and all those things are managed in a proper way i feel the acuteness the chronicity and all these factors which i have discussed and also very importantly if discipline of life is uh, maintained so in terms of everything so i think uh, the sneha sneha with this very very less frequently to pamper themselves will be uh, sufficient enough i feel so let me go to the second question so can we eat or drink immediately after nabipurna again uh, for what condition and when you are doing nabipurna this is uh, important we we are looking at two perspectives here so as uh, the bahasneha vidhis in katibasti and other things will totally differ from what we are doing in the nabi so they are for uh, some disease specific conditions so here nabipurna is a totally different condition again while using sneha we also need to see that uh, nabi is uh, the predominant seat of pitta so pitta for pitta and vata disorders to balance pitta and vata disorders it can be nabipurna can be done with uh, disease specific tailas again to balance samana vata mainly pachaka pitta yes and ranjaka pitta and also apana vata for these conditions mainly nabipurna i feel when we are using sneha prakriyas in the nabipurna so samana vata pachaka pitta ranjaka pitta and uh, apana vata will be definitely taken care of the diseases related to the imbalance of these sub types of doshas i think it should be handled well and coming to eating or drinking i feel my opinion is allow the patient to wait till proper hunger manifest till proper hunger manifest the rules and regulations will be similar to abhyantra sneha pana so like uh, just like the person is taking the sneha pana inside uh, that is uh, the medicated uh, ghee or something as oral consumption we ask the patient to wait till some extra lakshanas are found the proper sy- symptoms of foliation or lubrications are found and once the hunger manifests go ahead and take light food it is the same with uh, nabipurna also when we are doing with tailas because we are handling pitta here we are trying to balance pitta and also the samana vata associated with it so it is better to wait wait till hunger natural hunger manifests after the therapy and then go ahead with light foods and also the liquids like a warm water especially when because we are handling with the pitta in small quantities and also the foods which does not further disturb the pitta agni and vata here should be taken here so such foods shall be taken easily digestible lagu ahara shall be taken once the hunger manifests on the lines of uh, what we do after the panchakarma therapies that is after vamana and uh, virechana the samsarjana type of treatment so until the nabipurana therapy if you are carrying carrying it as a therapy the light to digest foods uh, which are very light to the stomach which can be easily digested not disturbing the balance of vata and pitta if they are given 
so i think it is fine very important clue here is uh, uh, wait till the hunger manifest natural hunger manifest i will take this question in a practical orientation there are procedures as listed out as a bahyasnehana it may be a simple abhyanga it may be a katibasti it may be a janubasti grivabasti or kasheruka basti or it may be dhara whatever it is all these comes under the therapies of uh, what you call uh, bahyasnehana but the thing is whether these bahyasnehanas are been done to alleviate some pain or some disease condition as a therapy or whether it is taken for this vastha rakshana that is a very important aspect we need to understand in these conditions once it is done any oiliation any procedure it is done if it is a patient admitted in the ipd or it is on a daily care basis or a day care basis when it is patient is appearing to us then also after snehana we don't allow the patient to go home as it is we ask them to go for this nana with a warm water bath once there is a bath we need to give the time for intake at least 20 to 30 minutes gap is a must for any oliation bias nihana procedures if you are doing it after this nihana procedure is over samyaksin telakshana has achieved on that particular day patient feels comfortable then ask the patient to go for a bath with a medicated water or a warm water or something like that or churna mixed to the water or even the thing which is kept for this vedana purposes use those oils i mean water for the snana and after snana eat for 22 30 minutes gap then only you can go for having a food and uh, and also these external therapies uh, coming to your program sir these external therapies will have some amount of effect on the digestive system let's assume just simple abhyanga or full body massage at least initially when the you know vata is getting controlled externally with this oil massage agni takes a little bit of uh, you know it takes a little bit of strain it puts a little bit of strain on agni and it decreases less temporarily because it is so involved in absorbing the oil through the you know through the brachaka pitta so i ideal so i mean at least it is very clear that you know for initial 23 30 minutes uh, not, nothing to be given it's uh, it makes sense along with that you need to understand that see pratyaksha pramana is always better you do yourself you will come to know when you do oil massage and take a hot water bath or a warm water bath your hunger will increase because it has cleared open the channels for vata and vata is freely moving now and when vata moves in its normal direction freely all agni will be supported by the vata and agni will increase you observe this whenever a patient goes for this particularly for um, swastha rakshana type of thing whenever he goes in for an just bias nehana not abhyantara sneha i'm talking about only bias nehana in that condition after the procedure definitely patient will have a more appetite and of course you need to maintain that appetite i mean to get the things which is not to be you know, going to cause any disturbance in the doshas we need to wait for 20 to 30 minutes and within that 20 to 30 minutes you will have a very good appetite and you can go for the regular type of diet whatever he feels according to his capacity and his costa you can consume or as diet diet directed by the physician yeah so here i would uh, just like to admit that i got the question wrong actually uh so i thought uh, what is the time gap uh, which should be given between katibasti to katibasti and abhyanga to abhyanga so i i thought that and i read the next question as a different question like uh, uh, can we eat or drink immediately after nabi purana so i saw them as two different questions so that is my my that is why my answer was in a different perspective and uh, for all of us i think uh, guruji sir has uh, answered it in a comprehensive way so i stick with that answer coming to food intake and you know what should be i mean if the patient comes at about 9 a, 9 am or 10 am for abhyanga and he has not taken food in the morning and he is feeling hungry or you know he is feeling a little bit hungry and thirsty what should be the strategy they say see very very simple thing patient is coming to you on his own it is his risk if he has consulted us before then we will uh, tell them in prehand that what he needs to come prepared before coming to the abhyanga procedure so we will definitely tell them that what you need to take or not to take 
usually when morning they are just for the sake of uh, swasthrakshana some abhyanga and swedana purposes a general health condition maintenance for that purpose they are appearing to the um, hospital then definitely we say them you can have a light diet we can eat little bit like ganji or something like that or ganji or gruel or something like that you can take it no issues with that but that should be taken at least half an hour to one hour earlier to the abhyanga time whenever we are going to fix the thing before that at least half an hour to one hour earlier that will be sufficiently uh, comfortable time for the uh, things to be done so when patient comes by on his own at 9 o'clock doctor i want uh, abhyanga then uh, it is very difficult then we need to tell them see this is the thing you eat little bit of thing wait for some time then we'll take up at 10:30 or 11 so that's the way of we can handle the patients totally agreed with uh, guruja sir's uh, recommendations and also the points so nothing much to add so this is a problem with walk-ins so people walking into the uh, panchakarma centers and also the hospitals and uh, not only abhyanga so they are also coming with their own packages like i want virechana today i want amuna today i want shirodara so they are coming with their own packages google patients so very difficult so as uh, guruji sir rightly said it is their problem so but as doctors it is very important for us if uh, the patients contact us or if the clients contact us so so as to what needs to be done so people are very much cautious now what preparations we should do before coming to an abhyanga or for the swedana so proper guidance can be uh, given so if they have already come stomach full so just now i had uh, a very good breakfast and i have just come so with the stomach full i just want an abhyanga so as doctors we have a right to take a call there so hang on wait come after two and a half hours once your food gets digested once you start feeling light so that's that's the thing uh, one more thing i want to add uh, add as an example uh, one incident took place about this instruction itself uh, the patient has come for kashaya vasti and uh, with uh, stomach full of food where it went wrong so we need to see chikitsa chatushpada is very important here the therapists in the hospitals are very busy one after the other they will be giving uh, the vastis not like in our private practices very uh, rush ips and ops also patients will be there sometimes they will enter sometimes they will not and there is a clear instruction there was a clear instruction to the patient uh, it became a medical legal case actually so there was a perfect instruction by the doctor no doubt about that that went to take food because the astapana and anvasana vastis were altered on each day so some vasti package was going on for a particular disorder so maybe around 45 50 years old person so astapana that day was astapana vasti the kashaya vasti the patient has come with uh, full food and the masseur also has not inquired uh, about that and immediately the enema was given and 10 minutes down it became severe complication it was a severe complication the patient they couldn't manage they had to rush the patient to uh, the modern hospital and th- those people shouted like anything you people ayurveda people you have done something that this and everything so there was a blame on the entire system so that was actually wrong they don't do what you people give enemas with uh, what so they give soap water enemas and one two three glycerin enema and other things not uh, blaming any other system so not knowing what exactly was given how, how come you people have given this enema that enema doctors yelled at uh, our doctors who had taken that patient to the hospital because they couldn't manage the emergency couldn't be managed after that uh, things even got complicated so but uh, the moral of the story is the instruction was given by the doctor but not followed by the patient in ayurveda instructions are very 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 important very important anvasana vasti should be given like this yes it has to be given like this astapana should be given like this it has to be given like this who tells ayurveda doesn't have complications one of the limbs of chikitsa chatushpada goes wrong the four limbs of the treatment goes wrong definitely there is complication in any medical system it can lead to life threatening complication not only giving the instructions but also following the instructions is very important nowadays patients we need to 10 times enquire if they have really followed those instructions especially before the panchakarma therapies we have to enquire whether they have seriously followed the instructions or not otherwise we will be put into uh, very dangerous scenarios as doctors we also will be put into some issues where we need to face some horrible things so definitely when we are in a practice we need to observe all these things and we need to you now give give very clear instructions but before even that when you take up the case back on the day it is better to assess everything personally it is not only in this condition or any basti or anything it may be a simple procedure also you need to check it up before doing that unnecessarily hurrying is not all required we need to go through the same old pattern of checking everything a b c d s yes, all check check and checks and balances are been cleared then only you need to go for that and you observe another important thing 
our acharyas are very clearly knowing about this if anything you are going to do something wrong then it will going to hamper the vata first that's why there will have a lot of complications because vata moves in all direction in a typical way and causing irreversible changes sometime and that's the reason there so many things will be in at uh, geoparadise condition so that's the reason we need to be and that's why acharya is very clearly said vamana vapat has been explained virechana vapat has been explained basti netra vapat explained basti netra doshas explained there are plenty of occasions where we may go wrong that has been very clearly elaborately explained and what needs to be taken care of that is also explained so it is not a today's are a new problem or a new solutions it is a very old age old things acharyas have identified these things and even they are given what should be done in those conditions so and based on that as a practicality we need to be very cautious because we are in 21st century and we are in so many such type of uh, there are protections laws and consumer protection laws are there so so should be very 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 careful in this handling these things and of course we need to take care of before starting any procedures even in ayurveda it may be even bottom cases or surgeries or charasutras or agni karmas or whatever it is or even panchakarmas or whatever it is you need to understand how better we equip ourselves and the prerequisites are met before starting the procedure that needs to be taken care safe practice uh, uh, suggestion safe practice uh, guidelines i think ayurveda has given the best uh, explanation of safe practice guidelines as vamana Uh, or virechana so including uh, sir mentioned about the basti netra vyapat and also the putaka vyapat everything they have detailed so no science have given such details for uh, safe practice uh, so we, we should know the shastra very well so very importantly indications and contraindications are also there if uh, acharya has given indications for abhyanga the same acharya also has given in which conditions abhyanga should not be done in which conditions vamana should be given which conditions it should not be the guidelines are always there how much we are following that how much our patients are following that what is the coordination between the four limbs of the treatment how well it is going so it is it is not the mistake of any uh, any one entity here either a doctor or a patient or it can be from anywhere sometimes uh, it may be the fate factor also fate and the luck factor also or bad luck factor also something something will creep in so which is not under our control but having said that guidelines are the best in ayurveda in, at every aspect there is guideline including diet and also the treatment regimens the medicines the indications the contraindications everything we have so it's it's our responsibility it's a big responsibility to know the entire things before going ahead into conducting or undertaking the therapies from the doctors or the patient's perspective and there's a question here like which are the examples of light foods that can be taken after hunger manifest after oil therapies uh, you know light foods are you know recommended in you know before and after many therapies what are the common examples please sir open to both one is rice gruel the other one is uh, kichdi and uh, other thing if there is any little bit of uh, like uh, no what do you call that uh, some powder mixed in this um, one like uh, what do you call vikarnai card is ambli so something like that so very easily which can sattu or whatever it is so you know, something like uh, which is easily digestible but thing is it is also tangled with the quantum rashi how much we take it acharya said gurad sir said raghuram sir said uh, take it ambli or kidi or rice gruel full stomach then this is also going to be a problem that should not happen even quantum is also fixed we right. need to have a very typical quantum a material which could be easily digestible both things should be there and if any are feeling any little bit of uh, less of appetite then you can add a deepana type of drugs like kikatu churna arivan jeeraka churna shatapushpa churna something like that you can add to that so that can also improve the deepana condition i mean uh, digestive uh, things are appetite so we need to consider all these things like rice gruel and kichdi or zambli or sattu that is very typically in the indian continent typically in the western continent accordingly you need to go for it they may be using something like little bit of uh, boiled vegetables or something like that or even salads and that can also be taken if, if it is salad then it needs to be 
cooked vegetable salad rather than the raw salad raw vegetables it, it is better cooked once cooking is done then it is easy for digestion compared to raw the fibers will be get broken up in the process of cooking that will be easy for the digestion purposes total totally agree sir there is nothing beating rice gruel and khichdi there is nothing beating rice uh, rice gruel and khichdi if uh, they can prepare and consume it or if the hospital themselves can provide it after an abhinga that will be an ideal practice if hospital people can provide that so for in patients or even the out patients so you can even give it as a complimentary complimentary amanda atreya or yusha it can be given so nothing beating that so they are the best I already mentioned that samsarjana krama so just like the bahya snehana vidhi many times need to be handled like abhyantra sneha vidhi itself and uh, uh, the diet principles will be following that of the samsarjana krama so peya will happy monday manda so whatever uh, is digestible to that particular patient according to the prakriti and as guruji sir said seeing the quantum very important quantity not like uh, go and uh, take your stomach full so discipline with uh, food and also the lifestyle uh, changes also should should be managed and also should be followed during therapies be it external therapies or internal therapies whatever and what are the best things to avoid very typically any heavy foods which takes much more time to get digestion which is a guru in nature ahara which contains something like paneer which contains something like cheese something like which is a buns and something like that all this can be definitely going to increase the i mean even even consuming a curd or lassi or something like that so these are all guru in nature or even plenty of milk that is also not good here so after these type of bias nena procedures once agni is developed our appetite is appeared then we can go for it and the best thing will be uh, the rice grill that is the best one because out of uh, fashion or something like nowadays the people somewhere they are and they what meal grill and something millet grill and all those things see what meal and grill and all those things have a comparatively lesser nutrition and they have got more fibers and those who are having more fibers are difficult to digest they fall under the category of guru ahara it is better to give a rice grill or manda or something a kichdi or yusha peya these are the things which are very very suitable for everybody uh, coming to the question pada benga includes marmas too of course all all body parts have marmas should pada benga or slash feet massage foot massage be suggested for patients in the clinic itself as most uh, most people ask if they can do it daily by themselves at home as per your experience are there going to be differences in the results uh, of this therapy is done self versus under supervision because I mean, sometimes we have to train the patient himself and ask them to do if he cannot visit uh you know visit, visit the clinic daily just for like for example foot massage in this case typically we cannot do abhyanga on ourselves in all the body parts okay point number 1 point number 2 if we are lying down and somebody is doing abhyanga for us and we ourselves are doing is the effect would be typically different when someone is doing abhyanga we will be more relaxing than when we are doing on ourselves this is the point number 1 second thing when abhyanga needs to be done and pada it is very difficult we need to bend our um, no flex our knees and we have to bring the pada upwards and do all these things if you are lying down supervision and somebody is doing abhyanga definitely it will have its beneficial effects so it's always preferable that somebody has to do uh, abhyanga to on a patient or a person when there is no scope for that and there is no people supporting the things and we need to do it by ourselves then of course there is no other way that is the only way we can do it and you do it second thing when we do this pada bring on all those things very typically i never suggest for the old age people because once oil is applied to the feet they should remain stable in that position at least for some time and after that thoroughly the entire oil needs to be wiped off from this boys uh, food surface otherwise it becomes a very hazardous thing and they will end up in neck of the femur fracture so we should be very very careful we never allow that to the, to the patients to do it at home in a very simple manner 
Yes, yes, you can go on do it. No, don't never guide such type of things. That is a big mistake because nowadays most of the houses in the Indian continent, it is a floor are made up of either marble or um, type of tiles or isn't. And it will be very very smooth in nature and it is slippery. So when automatically when the tile itself is slippery and these things things on on that if your your foot also has oil and by chance if there is some uh, light lesser light if you put something like and if oil and water mixes up. Then it becomes a, such a slippery that they will be, you know, thrown out of their uh, balance, and definitely they will end up with fractures. So care should be taken not to allow the patient to do abhinga, particularly pada abhinga. I mean, case of old people by themselves there at home, lot of care needs to be taken to wipe off the excess oil from the pada after the procedure is completed, and it should be for uh, stepping it out. The pada should be immersed in hot water. And cleansed, then only we can go out. Otherwise, it will become a lot, lot of problematic, and you may land up even in legal disputes later. So take care, all those who are wishing to use those techniques in your spa, your clinic, or your hospitals. Take care these portions of that. And coming to the last question of the day, when we do abhinga with oil, can it also be done every day on the head? Especially for the women, it can sometimes become a problem because you know hair. Head bath or hair wash has to be done every day, and should head bath needs to be done every day if abhinga is done uh, every day, and whether or not a hot or cold water bath should be used for head shower. Point number one: abhinga should be done to the entire body, preferably below the neck. If you are doing it daily, and you can do it for face, but not to the scalp. Don't do it abhinga to the I mean shiro abhinga daily. If you are doing shiro abhinga daily, be ready to keep the oil throughout. Don't go for the head bath every day. If you could, if you could manage your social life and you're moving out every day for work and all those things, keeping your head oiled is no nothing to worry. Then no issues. You can do daily abhinga. Of course, there is one negative thing. Where there is a megha, that is a clouds in the sky, and the condition is too cold outside, avoid putting oil or abhyanga daily to the head. Avoid it. It should not be done daily. Second thing, whenever you do abhyanga, if it is possible to keep the oil throughout the day for the next day also, you keep it up, no problem. But if you are keeping, if you are not keeping it, and you want to take the head bath daily, daily doing a head bath is not good to your head as well as your vision. Drishti, it is going to spoil the vision of a person. Soon you are going, your eyes will be diminishing. They will lose their power. So it is better to avoid that. So that's the reason you can apply oil to the face. You can apply oil to the whole body below the neck and take a warm bath. I mean, after that procedure, no issues. Every day, no issues. You can do it. But when you are doing it on the head, take care. Don't don't do the uh, snana every day onto the head. Point number one. Second thing, if you are no, you need to clear up all the oils before you go out for work. Then don't apply oil directly onto the head every day. That needs to be taken care. And assuming that the Patient takes only shiro abhyanga by himself on a weekend, for example. Lukewarm water is fine to use even on the hairs to wash out the oil. Yeah, it is lukewarm um, water is comparatively better. It should not be to- totally cold or it should not be totally hot. It is better to have a lukewarm oil um, water for the bathing. Absolutely agree with uh, Guru Rajasar's opinion. Okay, so that that wraps uh, today's session. Big words of gratitude to both Guru Rajasar and Raghuram sir. Namaste.